thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hi there, and thank you so much for joining us on Wellness Room Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And uh, ladies, our oh, and any of the fellas that are joining us as well, thank you. Our sound might sound just a little bit different tonight. We're having some slight technical issues, but I reckon it's pretty good, Ash. I think you sound fine. <laughs> thank you. Well, I'll let the uh, listeners be the judge of that one. But uh, when you're, yeah, when your main computer decides to, yeah, stop working, it's... Uh, <laughs> sometimes you've got to be impromptu and work off whatever else you've got. So I've had recording tonight, but uh, without an external microphone, I feel a little bit naked. I feel a bit exposed. (laughs) But, you know, the show must go on, right? The show Um, must go on indeed. And we have such an important episode to record tonight that we thought we can't wait for, um, you know, until we've got everything fixed. So we're just going to go ahead and um, dive into just this is almost like a bit of a public service announcement um, episode, similar to what we've kind of done in the past when there've been really topical issues that have come up. That you know maybe there's something in the media that's become really trendy, or there's a dangerous health trend that we are concerned about. And I think that this is probably fits into that category as well. Um, yeah, thank, thanks to TikTok and Instagram influencers, uh, yeah. they are taking this one beyond any legal boundaries that the government's put in place, and that's always a little concerning when uh you know someone could be advertising something that would otherwise not be allowed to be advertised by any other health professional yeah exactly and so what what we want to dive into tonight is the 
risks, benefits, effectiveness, and I think everything else that sort of comes into the prescription of a drug called ozempic or semaglutide. Um, now, I'm sure that so many of you have heard the name of it somewhere, you know, over the last couple of months. Um, it's become so popularized by celebrities for its rapid weight loss effects. Um, and I think that this is the drug that Kim Kardashian um, and, you know, I you know, shudder a little bit just even mentioning that name on this podcast because, <laughs> you know, for so many different reasons. But this is the, um, you know, essentially the drug that was associated with her rapid weight loss to fit into that Marilyn Monroe dress at the Met Gala last year. So apparently she mm-hmm. lost like 16 pounds or se- about seven and a half kilos in a very short amount of time, um, which, you know, I think there's multiple concerns around doing that and also the terror terrible influence that that will have on, you know, the younger population as well. And now pretty much any celebrity that is losing weight quickly, everyone is querying whether or not they're doing it with the um, the help of this drug, semaglutide. Well, it's great if they can get their hands on it because there's an international shortage. And in Australia, we uh, I've just read that we have no chance of getting it before uh, April 2023. Mm-hmm. So, um, somehow they might be still getting it. But, you know, the question is, do we want to be asking for this? Is it the right way to, you know, approach weight loss? Is it uh, all that it's being made out to be by these amazing influencers that have huge reach and huge audiences? And um, you shudder, I shudder, it's, there's a reason for it. But I think, ladies, if you're seriously considering this, um, because obviously we all have body hang-ups, we all have concerns, we'd all love to look better, feel better, um, you know, and particularly with special events coming up. I know that this is definitely something that was on the conversation around, uh, you know, weddings and wedding dresses. It's kind of going in circles of people getting married so that they look amazing. Um, and and we get it. Like we get the body hang-ups. Both Andrew and I have had those, you know, feelings in the past where if there was a shortcut, it would be really nice to take it. But um, I think, you know, what we want to talk about tonight is that no shortcut comes without risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I may, I think it might have been like six to 12 months ago, I had a whole bunch of patients coming in asking me what my opinion was of this new miracle weight loss drug. And it, it happened in such short succession that I just thought there must be some really clever pharmaceutical reps that are just going around and spilling this exact same um, uh, you know, script to all of the GPs because all of the patients were telling me word for word, verbatim, the exact same things about how good it is. So, and then when it became popularized in, you know, the media and with celebrities and everything, we thought, okay, it's it's time to actually now cover this and dig into a little, a little bit more. So, um, in Australia, it's called Ozempic. In the US, um, it is also called this, but I think its technical name is semaglutide. And it's a glucagon-like one, like peptide 1 receptor agonist. And so this is a peptide that's released by the small intestines naturally in response to food intake. It plays a really important role in things like glucose homeostasis. It controls the glucose induced um, by insulin secretion um, and it inhibits glucagon secretion as well. So essentially what it does is it acts on the hypothalamus and it helps to regulate food intake and also plays a part in appetite regulation and control. So they made a drug that is, you know, essentially acts on those sort of pathways. Does that kind of, did I explain that 
Okay, Ash, yeah, beautifully. You so you okay. know, it's designed for type two diabetes. I yes. think that's um, you know the short short story there is that even though we know type two diabetes is predominantly a lifestyle driven disease through diets, you know, exercise modifications, um, a big part of the solution is is found. Um, however, people who are really struggling or you know morbidly obese, um, they will require potentially support and. Lots of pharmaceutical companies are looking for a way through that, you know, how to sort of fast track and expedite the changes to bring people out of that risk zone because obviously we know type 2 diabetes sets people up for more chronic health illnesses, um, cancer, cardiac disease. Uh, There's so many other possible side effects and that's something that, you know, governments are looking for answers. How can we help people get out of their state of obesity um, so that we can bring them back into, you know, into health as much as possible? And I think... Whenever the, the, there's money involved, whenever there's governments looking for solutions to try and unburden the healthcare system, um, you know, I do think there's potentially this risk we've seen, which is um, anyone and everyone might be, you know, looking for the quick fix answers as well, whether or not they fall into those categories or not. Um, you know, and doctors obviously wanting to be compassionate and support people in their, their views for health and how they can look better, feel better. Um, but, you know, I guess I, I smiled when I was just looking at the numbers and, if we didn't have the PBS, which is the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme, supporting this drug in Australia, it would cost $1,700 per course. Um, thanks to the PBS, it brings it down to something like $41. And if you've got a concession card, it's $6.60. So, I mean, there's, there's big subsidies there. The government's paying a lot of money um, to support people to to get well. And I think that's a noble cause. You know, I'm happy for my my tax money to go into the pot to be able to support people, um, you know, to get them out of a state of crisis or health crisis. But, you know, I think if if it's just as a, a wonder drug to help people avoid the hard work that needs to be done to get healthy, I kind of feel a bit annoyed by that. But, <laughs> but that's, you know, I'm trying not yeah. to, you know, express yeah. my prejudice here. But I guess, you know, what I, I – believe in and what you believe in too is that we love to support people in changing you know their mindset surrounding body and and health and uh, of course then the choices that relate to that but uh yeah anyway whenever um, whenever celebrities say something's amazing it's really hard to uh, get that out of your head and think well if they do it why can't i you know if they're looking amazing why can't i get those results quickly too because i've already tried this i've done 500 diets you know i've spent you know endless hours at the gym trying to lose weight and it's not working you know that i i get those frustrations so I think this is probably a drug that's born of a lot of frustration for people who have tried so many different things. Yeah, and Ash, I want to be really conscious not to make anyone feel guilty or no, um, you know no. vilify anyone who has um, chosen to use some sort of weight loss assistance um, because there's certainly um, times when people are absolutely weight loss resistant where, you know, despite their best efforts for diet and exercise and everything else, losing weight can be an absolute struggle, uphill battle where they can, you know, be trying so hard for such a long time with very minimal impact. And then you see, you know, celebrities having such big changes in such a short amount of time. And there's a reason for that. So you can completely understand why anyone would want to give something like this a go, especially if it's effective. And, um, for, you know, based on the research and based on certainly what's out there in the media, it is an effective weight loss drug. However, my anecdotal experience with my patients is very different. And I want to talk about that as well, because again, there is a reason for that. Um, I think, I think, though, clarify that it's a temporarily effective weight loss drug. 
Correct. Yes. Mm. And, and that is certainly really well supported by all of the evidence and the studies that we have on it as well. So, um, just to debunk that straight away, um, the weight that is typically lost with these agents, the weight is normally regained. So two thirds of it returns, um, you know, after the, the participants stop using it and it's more than likely that any weight lost is likely to return. Um, so we do get this big body weight rebound um, when there is that re- withdrawal process and you cannot take these things forever. It just simply doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, yeah, well, the study showed two-thirds, you know, rebound um, that weight loss in the first year. I mean, sorry, mm-hmm. two-thirds of the weight is returned in that first year to clarify that. And, you know, absolutely right. It's um, It must be incredibly frustrating for the people who are taking it or have taken it and then experience that rebound. Um, because, you know, it's you know, clearly stated obesity is a chronic relapsing health condition and there's so many different drivers and causes of that. Mm. You know, social, genetic, biological, environmental, um, diet, exercise alone just is not enough for the management for a lot of people. So I wish this would work better than it does, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, I'd love it to be a solution for people, but unfortunately I guess the reality is it's not quite the way it's been pitched. And um, all of the research as well on any that is available f- also from the drug manufacturers, it says like it clearly reports that this is an adjunct to exercise, nutritional management and different lifestyle factors to address those underlying drivers of the obesity in the first place and mm. as well to manage the type 2 diabetes symptoms. Um, and, you know, some research even suggests things like cognitive behavioral therapy um, to address uh, you know, certain types of eating behaviors or whatever it might be. So this is never meant to be a one treatment strategy. It's supposed to be an adjunct to those things, as is any kind of weight management or type 2 diabetes treatment as well. And the yeah. reason why, um, it, you know, the general population may get a very different result to what you might be seeing in the media about, you know, celebrities all of a sudden dropping so much weight so, so quickly is usually because their underlying health to begin with is quite different. And one thing that I have found very clearly and distinctly different in my patients who've had effectiveness from this drug or who haven't is if they don't get the insulin resistance under control, the drug is not effective. And that is what I've seen in my patient population. And so the celebrities who are using these drugs in the first place probably don't have insulin resistance. And certainly, you know, as far as I'm aware, Kim Kardashian is not a type 2 diabetic. So she's using this off-label um, just purely as, you know, weight loss assistance. And I'm, I'm saying that because that is the rumors that are around in the media. I can't, um, <laughs> I don't have sources for this that are, that are valid, um, but I can certainly um, say that my experience with my patients are the ones that are insulin resistant. If that is not addressed first, and if the other factors aren't also put into place, like the things that we've talked about, exercise, nutritional management, lifestyle factors and everything else, it isn't, it isn't effective. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of clients, you know, that will discuss this, probably have experience as well historically, you know, using other um, sort of medications, diabetes medications, things like metformin um, are often prescribed before this is so um, I always, you know, assume the doctors have the best interest of a client 
in hand. And so if you've been prescribed this, there's obviously a clinical reason for it. Um, but I think it's just understanding the safety and the, and the risks and, yeah, whether it's worth it and will it create the outcomes that you're, you're hoping it will. Um, so some of the, I mean, some of the side effects are interesting. I was a little bit, when I was reading through, I was like, oh gosh, I'd probably want to read that before, before taking this. But, um, Mm. I sort of, I was just concerned by things like even serious side effects like pancreatitis. It's like, wow, you can cause some significant, um, inflammatory responses in the body, gallbladder disease, um, diabetic retinopathy, you know, damage to the eyes. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. Fascinating. Even thyroid cancer is listed. So, yeah. um, Mm. Yeah, and I don't want to brush over that because there's always, whenever you're considering a medication, even, you know, say an antibiotic, for example, there are risks and benefits that have to be weighed up. And the Mm. most common um, side effects that come with semaglutide or ozempic are gastrointestinal disturbances and things like nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. And the research that's put out from the actual drug manufacturer are actually stating that the nausea involved as part of one of the side effects is actually partially responsible for the drug's effectiveness because the more nausea, the less food, therefore Mm -hmm. those people lost more weight. So the more severe nausea, the more weight loss, which I think is like, you know, sounds absolutely horrific. But the that is the most um, sort of benign side effects, um, really. The others range from hypoglycemia, um, pancreatitis, as you mentioned, Ash, and pancreatic cancer. And, you know, pancreatic cancer um, is normally detected very late in its occurrence and is an absolutely horrific disease that um, – you know, has a very, very poor prognosis um, and, and you know, normally clamps lives very, very quickly. And the reason um, that there is that correlation there is because there is, you know, a side effect is that acute pancreatitis, there's the potential um, for induced pancreatic inflammation, which then leads to tissue proliferation, which is the, um, I guess, part of the pathogenesis of cancer development in the first place is that tissue pro- proliferation. And then that develops into that inter, intra-epithelial neoplasia. So that is essentially the cancer um, development, which is a potential side effect of this drug. And then you also mentioned thyroid cancer um, and all formulations of this drug have to come with official box warnings for potential thyroid C cell um, tumors. Um, and so for the drug companies to actually have to state that there is some sort of correlation there. And I really digged into the research to see what, you know, what was that potential risk and do we have stats around that? Um, and it was very, very hard to find, but it just does come with that official box warning. Um, the other things that are also prevalent is gallbladder events. So there's, um, quite a high risk of those. There's cardiovascular, um, events, but they're a little bit, um, sort of less, uh, common, but also there's acute kidney injury. And you already mentioned the diabetic retinopathy, um, as well as, you know, other complications. Um, if they're using the injectable form of that. Um, so obviously injection um, site issues and allergic reactions and everything else. Um, so these are some really, really serious side effects that I would assume would increase with, um, you know, depending on how long you're on that for as well. And that needs to be weighed up as to whether or not those risks are worth the potential benefit. Mm. 
Yeah, it's, and I guess each person has to make that choice. But the good thing is that I think, you know, here in Australia we've got fairly good um, regulations and controls around pharmaceuticals like this. Um, I think, you know, I don't believe in Australia our shortage is related to people um, knowingly trying to access uh, this drug for weight loss purposes alone. Um, in other countries, obviously, regulations may be quite different, but just seeing how our, our system works, I would suggest that uh, people who are prescribed this are, you know, accurately prescribed by the doctor. However, whether or not that's through informed consent, you know, complete understanding of the safety and risks uh, involved, then this hopefully, you know, this conversation might just trigger someone's thoughts to say, hey, you know, to mum or sister or even to themselves if they've, you know, thought about this, whether or not it'd be part of their health um, approach, you know, whether this is a management approach for their type 2 diabetes, uh, just might help, you know, create some questions or uh, expand a line of questioning with the doctor just so they understand a bit more about it. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at what the indications are for the prescription of this in the first place, and I know that it's definitely being prescribed off-label a lot because um, I'm mm-hmm. certain that, um, you know, some of my patients and, and lots of the people who I know who are taking it certainly would not qualify and have not been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in the first place. Um, and I also know that the prescription of it should come as an adjunct to diet and exercise, and that is part of the, um, you know, pharmaceutical prescription disclosure, and that's certainly not happening um, so again, this is, you know, that PSA that if you are taking it, it's going to be more effective. Um, and I'm certain that your results will last for longer after stopping it if it is used with other things. Now, I also want to say that there are actually alternatives to this that I believe are safer. Um, and this is evidence-based public research, um, looking at, other compounds that have that glucagon-like peptide, um, uh, sorry, the glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor agonist actions. And these are compounds like berberine, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Um, and the podcast we recorded earlier was how berberine is comparable to metformin in its um, insulin sensitizing actions. There's things like curcumin, cinnamon, resveratrol, gardenia. All of those have been shown to exert an influence on that GLP-1 receptor or, sorry, GLP-1 peptide release. So there are other compounds that could potentially be more appropriate for you um, if you're thinking that maybe this is something that um, could be beneficial. Oh, look, I mean, I'd like to think this is not uh, being associated with vanity, but thanks to you know the TikTok and the influencers, it seems like it is being connected to something um, which is, you know, rather than the critical medical use which relates to type two diabetes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's um, always challenging, isn't it, when you see things that are being uh, taken out of context, you know, that are being used or abused without indication. Um, but you can totally understand why as well, and especially I, yeah, if I, I um, informed consent is not offered. Oh. No, and I hate to say it, but, yeah, social media is powerful. Influence is powerful. You know, talking to Elon Musk's of the world, and they start talking about other weight loss drugs. Well, guess what? There's going to be an immediate surge in interest in whatever they say, whatever they, you know, recommend. So, Oh, is Elon not, Musk on this as well? No, he's on a different, similar, comparable with Gobi, but they asked right. him, you know, he was not too long ago asked about how, you know, he was looking so so fit and ripped and he sort of said it's uh, – yeah, <laughs> with Kobe is what he's been using, and they're like, oh, so of course okay. that started, that started trending. 
Yeah, and I was having a look, you know, TikTok, like the hashtag Ozempic. So, ladies, you can go and have a look at this. But, you know, it's over, I think, over 300 million views. Like, that's a lot of people looking at a lot of videos, hashtagged Ozempic. So, um, clearly popular. I'm just not in that zone. I don't, I'm not on TikTok. So, I miss out on all the popular things, obviously. <laughs> I am not on TikTok either. And I'm so happy about that because I do not want to be, because um, isn't TikTok just like a really good tracking device? Like, isn't it a Chinese tracking device, essentially? <laughs> and that's not me being a conspiracy theorist. I'm pretty sure that that's, you know, it's just an amazing um, sort of monitoring, tracking, data, tracking, whatever. Okay, um, ladies, but if you listen to totally, this podcast, we're, we're totally, totally tracking you. We've know? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally digressed into, uh, you know, a very different place here. But anyway, um Oh, I think that that's worrying that um, even people like Elon Musk are, are doing these things, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm such a fan of his as well because, you know, obviously he's made my most favourite car in the world, but anyway. But you've either just lost half our viewers or you've gained more. But I, I know, I know. He's so polarising. Um, and look, so just like polarizing. anyone, I don't agree with absolutely everything he does. Um, and uh, But, you know, he has made my car and I love that. <laughs> True. Miss Tesla here. She loves her, her beautiful black Tesla. Good yeah. call. It is gorgeous. But um, so, yes, listeners, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's, um, yeah, it's always a challenge talking about things that are popular and trending because we always feel as though we're going to offend someone um, because people have a right to choice and a right mm. to, to do whatever with your bodies you'd like to do. Um, I think it's just really important that we don't um, mislead each other, you know, when we talk about these things with friends and family and glorify and sing its praises without consideration of the genuine risks and uh, the genuine harm that can be caused by, like you've said, off-script prescription of this medication. So Mm -hmm. hopefully, like I said, just gives you something to think about. Um, You're still allowed to be body envious of, you know, all these TikTokers and famous people, but just remember they have so many shortcuts and other ways of doing things that we never see. You know, they'll only ever show us what uh, they want us to see. So so um, I think this also comes back for me down to some a little bit of simplicity about self-love and, and body love, body imaging, and just reflecting on the why we feel compelled to maybe pursue or follow those footsteps. Um, these are always moments that it helps me reflect on, yeah, I don't like everything about my body, but gosh, it's done some amazing things and I'm grateful, you know, just trying to mm, trying to reframe it a little bit so that we don't get triggered into the, um, into the, the sort of I guess the the FOMO factor. Um, I I always find these trends kind of kick in that little bit of FOMO that if you're not doing it, then you're missing out on something oh, really important. Yeah. Or you know, if the, if you're not doing it and your friend is, then it's you know not fair. It's just um it's just something I try and encourage all people to reflect on is that you're amazing, you're beautiful, you're brilliant. Um, do we really need these things? Is there another way? And um, if it's truly you know dissatisfaction about the body. Maybe even with this drug, you wouldn't be satisfied with the results if you're going to get two-thirds of that weight loss, you know, regained again. So, um, Yeah, if not all of it. And, Ash, I love what you've mm. said there about, um, you know, really diving into the reasons behind this, making sure that you are getting informed, proper informed consent from your healthcare provider if this is being prescribed to you. And also just remembering that that comparison to those, you know, the celebrities or whoever it is that you are, you know, looking at on social media and that comparison is absolutely that the thief of joy it's that old adage right um but remember that that is their entire world that is their job to look that way and you know most of us do not fit into that category we're not made that way we don't have that sort of genetics um and also we have other priorities and for me just focusing on that would just for me would just be such a hollow life 
Um, and, you know, obviously that's my prejudice and bias there, but I like what you said about, you know, let's tie this back into self-love and, and just really reevaluate our priorities um, as well if we were yes, using this so. for dangerous reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, that wraps us for tonight. I hope if you have any really cool uh, ideas, cool, oh, my gosh, where am I going here? I'm not 17, but um, <laughs> I was going to say, if you have some great topics, if there are things like this, you know, that are being touted around in your circle of friends and you want to know more, please shoot us an email or send us a message. Just let us know. Say, girls, can you look into this? I'd love to know more. Mm. Um, we'll do our best to research, find out what the go is on it and just give uh, give you, you know, hopefully a rounded conversation about it so you can actually actually, you know, reflect and review and consider it for yourself. Um, we love hearing your feedback. We love your emails. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much, ladies, who've been, you know, sending some messages recently, just helping us, you know, get, uh, you know, put you in touch with people that can help you with your health challenges. That's what we love to do, network, connect, share and support you on your health journey. So if you love what you're doing um, and you think we can help you, then please let us know. We'd love to, love to support you as well. Okay, ladies, so you've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.